Welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing why you should go to church. So let's get started. And I would correct that even as not why should you, um, as much as why do you. Um, I like to get away from the whole should type of thing uh, for for lots of different reasons because it becomes perceived more as obligation as opposed to an expression of faith, an expression of love, an expression of, of, of uh, God doesn't need us to go to church. <laughs> God needs us for absolutely nothing. We need to go to church. We need to go to church for lots of different reasons. And I want to connect it to, you know, the, the way that we live in, in, in a way that we, we are ritual people. We are people that uh, recognize that when we do things, um, that we do them in a way that gives order to our lives. And that order helps us to have things that are predictable. We don't have to think about it. We, we, um, we make sure that we get the big pieces, you might say, in, 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 in our lives. And if we don't think we ritualize, you know, and I, I tell this sometimes with, with couples that I work with and such as that, <clears throat> it's usually not the big things. It's the little things. You know, we are ritual people that when we think, when you get up in the morning, we have a ritual. Of what we do first, what we do second, and God help the person or the circumstance. Uh, couples get married, and it's it's not the big thing. It's it's the little things of of where you set your toothbrush, where you put the cup, where you how you put the plates in the dishwasher. <laughs> That's what drives a person nuts. Uh, the big stuff, you know, you can sort through and and sometimes rather easily. So it's the little things that drive each other crazy, and and so. These rituals give us a, a sense of meaning, give us a sense of who we are. And if, you know, the electricity goes off, um, the, you know, a, a water faucet breaks, um, something like that that happens that messes up our ritual, it can throw us off. Mm-hmm. It can throw us off in so, so many ways. And so when I think about, you know, going to church, it's it's has so much more to do with with ritualizing uh, our relationship with God first and foremost. It's about our ritualizing and and reflecting on our relationship with others and how we interconnect, how we make a difference. Um, it's a it's a way of ritualizing in so many ways. When you think of of just you know the the, the stages that you go through. Of, of what it means, you know, to go to church, what it means to wear that outfit for Easter, what it means to sing certain songs for Christmas, what it, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned this to you because if you recall the conversation, I mentioned the fact that we didn't sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel at the very first weekend of, of uh, Christmas or Advent. True. It's like, but we have, we have to. No, you don't. <laughs> it gives order. It gives it gives meaning. It gives you know the, there are so many to, things to you maybe. Well, that's the point. <laughs> it you know, and people oftentimes 
and I'm certainly, you know, in favor of a variety of music. <laughs> At some point in time, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was, was a new song. Right. And there were those who loved it and those who thought it probably stunk to high heaven. The fact is, is that it has become, you know, one of those staple, staples mm-hmm. that we, we use oftentimes. And that when it's not there, even if once or twice or whatever, when it's not there, it's like, wow, there's something I missed. And I think that's it, it simply speaks, though, of how much it has become part of that O Come, O Come, uh, you True. know, Advent time. But to be fair, the reason we didn't do it early is because it's a um, O Antiphon. And those yes. don't come until the middle of December. Yes. There's a method to the madness. <laughs> but it's like it has to be there. <laughs> so so it's, those are the kinds of things that <clears throat> when we think about, you know, with church, is that there are so many, so many connections with, um, you know, our home life, with family. It's not by accident, you know, that, that people speak of, clergy, others speak of, you know the the family of church. You're like my family. The uh, the aspect of gathering, the aspect of sharing a meal, the aspect of of sharing song or an experience. These are the things that we we come to know and and believe in and and trust and and cherish that are in our own families. And it is not by accident or chance that when some things in the families start to break down, that some things in the church start to break down. And so uh, when, we, uh, when we attend church, and, and I, I am one of those that, that really dislikes the whole concept of obligation. Uh, is it important? Absolutely. Um, but I stay away from that because that to me... And this is my opinion (laughs) that to me leans into that whole idea more. If we don't, we get punished. If we don't, it's like you have to follow the rule or somehow there is a punishment. Um, how How do you make a rule out of loving? I mean, that would be like, you know, somehow to me saying, well, I have to love my mother. Well, if I have to, then to me, there's something wrong. There is a great desire when I think of my mother or my father. There is a great desire there to have loved them and to have connected with them, not because I had to, but because it 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 made me more of a person. It made there it there was it helped to complete something in me uh, to be able to be selfless and to love deeply those who have cared for me for no other reason than they chose to do so. They chose simply chose to do so. And we don't think about that, that, you know, there is no amount of money you could pay a parent to somehow, you know, or, to, or there is no amount of money you could give a parent to pay them back, not mm-hmm. even humanly possible. And, and so much is done out of that sense of love for another person. And the selflessness that is there. So when you start to think about church, in many ways, it's really, in many ways, the same kind of thing. You form bonds. You form relationships with people. And as much as sometimes we can say, well, you know, you go to this mass or go to that mass, 
the masses do have personalities. And as much as I sometimes dislike admitting that, <laughs> is that they do have personalities. And I've shared that one of the parishes, there was a section in, in one of the parishes where I was, I, where I called it past the baby section. There were uh, several young couples who had just had children. It was kind of a wedge shape. They had, the young couples had, had little ones. And as we all know, little ones get fussy. Well, there were some more senior folks behind them. And, and what started to happen, they said that one of the senior moms tapped the one on the shoulder and said, give them to me for a while. <laughs> now, first of all, as a parent to do that, wow, that's, I mean, that's pretty trusting, bold. Yeah, yes. very trusting. But it worked and the little one, well, you're dealing with someone who has lots of experience. You know, in so many ways, new moms, new dads can get very stressed and tense. You know, when the little one is causing embarrassment, is embarrassment, and that's what children, one of their child's jobs is to embarrass their kids. So when you have someone that is used to it, that doesn't care, is not invest in the sense invested in the same way, mm -hmm. is that the child immediately calmed down. As the children got older, is that the children would sometimes crawl over the pew. More often they would crawl under the <laughs> pew because they wanted to be with, you know, the older couple in the back someplace. And there they would sit. Mom and dad knew where they were. But there they would sit reading their book or, or just being next to Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, and they were fine. <laughs> Parents would go up to the communion. Kids were fine. Parents, the, the seniors would hand them back. They'd go up. To, kids were fine. That, to me, was just so much part of what it meant to be a community, to be a family. Mm hmm that to me is, is an ideal. And, and one other experience that I had was that it, the, the tragic loss of, of, a, of a young woman who lost uh, two, two children, uh, virtually close to full term, and didn't have a church to go to. I believe it was her aunt who, who wanted to somehow have a funeral for the child. And, and there was some difficulty with all of that. And so they, they approached me, and I said, absolutely, I'll help in any way I can. So they came, and, and you know, the people of the parish, they didn't know who this young woman was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the young man with her, the dad, the father of the child, they were a couple. They didn't know them from Adam. Mm -hmm. But the parish, the ladies of the parish... Several of them went through that same experience of losing a child, can't even begin to imagine. It's like this young lady had 27 moms, and they, they simply took care of her. I would say they loved her. <laughs> they loved her, and they provided... You know, we provided a funeral luncheon. We, they, had, um, they had little gifts that they gave to her, they had, and it was even more so with the second loss. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, you go, people go through this, the grief, but, but the moms responded, and this young woman 
again, they had food and everything, and, and they were of very limited means. And so there were donations to help them kind of make ends meet. Uh, they packed gobs of food that was mm -hmm. left, and they had food probably for a month or more, <laughs> and they put it in all containers that it could be frozen. Fast forward about a year or so, and the young lady approaches again and says, you know, uh, she had twins. Hmm. Oh, God is good. She had twins. And she said, I would like to have the baptism here. And, and, I, and, and, and during that time, you know, um, there was a, a, a wedding and, and there was, they got to be members of a parish. And all of those things happened in another spot. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, but, you know, you are a member of another parish, yada, yada, yada. And she said, you know, Father Howard, I have never felt in any place the love that I felt here. And, and she said, I feel it is so important that as these ladies, and particularly she mentioned a few, these ladies, as they shared my grief and helped to lift me out of a very, very dark place, mm -hmm. she said, I want to share with them my joy now. And, I mean, what do you say to that? Right. Uh, what do you say to that? Uh, talk about Pick a day. <laughs> yeah, the, the beauty of it. And to me, that's what parish is and can be mm -hmm. if folks would give it a chance. Now, there have certainly been times when <clears throat> we have a church haven't exactly been stellar. I mean, uh, and 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 I certainly understand that. Uh, I know that there are people who who have left the church and. There are a goodly number that have shared with me, and for probably all the right reasons. I always leave the door open, of course, but I understand why they're doing it, and I don't judge them, uh, but we haven't always been stellar. Mm -hmm. When we're at our best, though, uh, people find something there, whether they go you know, once a week or they go once a month or whatever is that people can find there a tremendous, tremendous experience of God. And so when I think about what it means to, you know, for people to go to church, it's always inviting them and saying, you know, if you give it a chance, there's a lot that you can experience here. If you give it a chance, you will experience God not only through the Eucharist, of course, we get that, Mm -hmm. But you experience God through the word proclaimed. You experience God through the music that is that, that proclaims also uh, that that we at times uh, underestimate the power of music and how that music can bring you know to people the, the the very presence of God. You experience you know the the camaraderie as you, you get to know people that go to that particular mass and maybe sit in that. We are sit in that particular section. We are creatures of habit. You know, and, and, and some of that, you know, it's interesting over the years, I had to learn and, and be okay with, you know, um, coming out of seminary, you, you have this ideal of what liturgy should be and, and all of that. And, and I was no different in many ways than others. But over time, it really becomes in so many ways the people who you gather to celebrate with that really help you grow to understand what the heck we're doing mm -hmm. in the first place and a why. 
so, you know, when I think about why it is terribly important to go to church, uh, the value of that is that there are just so many positives that can be there when when there is a, a good, solid community and people that, that care about each other and, and are welcoming to others, you know, that are seeking something in their own lives. And the thing is, is that if given and when given a chance, is that, you know, there are oftentimes those things that people are seeking, comfort, hope, belonging, being listened to, being noticed, having a value, is that in so many ways, those things can, can be so present to people and overwhelming that they oftentimes will say something like, I wished I had done this much sooner, or I have discovered something here that is so incredible. And it's, and, and it's through those people, it's through that community, what they have experienced is nothing less than, than the presence of God. Nothing less than the divine one. And that's, that's what I hope more people would give it a chance to come. Not that these groups are perfect. They are not. Any parish I've ever been at, there has been no perfect one. And, and I, uh, an old pastor once told me that, you know, Howard, if you find the per- per- perfect parish, uh, run as fast as you can uh, because those things don't exist. True. But I have certainly come to grow in an awareness of, of the difference people can make when you begin to open yourself to them and, and, and respond, you know, and they respond to you. And it may take a while for lots of different reasons. We are human beings after all. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, and it does, when it gives a chance, and I would be the first to say, not Every church is for everyone, okay? Yes, we have some things in common. But churches have personalities. Churches have flavors. Churches have cultures that, that are part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and people may not find every church somehow to address every need. People will find that a particular church, you know, addresses the needs because of maybe something that took place in the history of the parish, that there is a strong grief group, there is a strong social justice group, whatever it might be. And di- so different parishes. So I, I encourage people, you know, shop around a little bit. So that's okay to church shop. Absolutely. I think it is absolutely. As long as you don't do it without finally landing someplace. <laughs> you know, belong someplace. Give it time. Not every piece of the parish is going to fit perfectly. It takes time. When, when you hear people that have been at a church for 50, 60, 70 years, they don't necessarily talk about the fact that when they first came there that very first weekend, the experience wasn't necessarily exactly positive. What they talk about is that over those 50, 60, and 70 years, the people they've come to know. And Lord knows there have been pastors that come and go during those years, and some they liked, Mm -hmm. and some not so much, (laughs) is that 
but see pastors come and go. What is constant are the people that they pray with. The community. The community. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's so important that as I as I encourage people to, you know, try them on a bit. Get to know people. Um, you know, talk to the folks. Observe. You don't have to engage in everything, but observe. Do people, you know, rush out right away? Or do we have people that, that talk after Mass a little bit and, and, and socialize a little bit? Or, you know, before? Or, you know, what, what, what's happening, for example, in the homilies and, and those kinds of things? That, you know, is the, is the music uplifting? Does it lift the spirit? Even if it's a slow song, does it lift the spirit? Because it, it expresses something, you know. So you have to try it on a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I just, if possible, is that church shop a bit. See what's out there. Uh, and that's easier to do, obviously, in an urban area where you mm-hmm. might have a lot more churches. Uh, harder in the rural areas because of distance at times or whatever. Um, but still, you know, if we take time and we really look at it, uh we begin to see, we, first we begin to get to know the people, um, you know, and, and we begin to open to them a little bit. And it's amazing how it's not so foreign after a short time. And there's a sense of welcome. Hopefully. Hope, yes, hopefully. And, and I think that, yeah, because sometimes we don't do it as well as we ought. No, but also... You'll get phone calls where people are like, they weren't friendly to me. They didn't say hi to me, this, that. And you're like, well, did you say hello? Did you initiate conversation? Sometimes people don't want to talk when they come to church. So sometimes it's hard to know when people want to reach out, what you know. That's correct. That's very true. And it it has to work both ways. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you're you're a quiet person, I know that's a little harder. Mm -hmm. But then what you do is... You maybe join a, a group or or get involved with things or, or to check out, you know, what what might be possible. Because it's amazing at times when you start looking underneath all sorts of things, it's amazing what you find of just how much parishes do. Yeah. Might be only two or three people. But it's amazing how what amazing at times what these parishes do f- for the good of others, for the love of God. Um, and and it's it also can help then uh, it can help strengthen your own family and and vice versa. I wanted to go back a little bit to the issue of of the Eucharist a bit. Um, I remember a number of years ago this was uh, oh gosh let me think I'm thinking probably about seven eight maybe more years ago and I remember giving a homily on on the issue of time and. How we get, uh, we can really look at that, and we're always running to do something. And the, but the article in the newspaper was is that McDonald's, you know, the hamburger place, mm-hmm. is that they had found, and, and it was a kind of a, a shock that the drive to through time had gone down by about two seconds, and that was a major issue. And it's like, wow, two seconds. Don't know the industry well enough to know what the ramifications of that. But the idea being is that, you know, we, when, 
when we forget or are not able or don't know how to any longer to have a meal with family is that what also suffers is the meal sense of gathering around for Eucharist. Is that, you know, when you think about it, the Eucharist just isn't about bread and wine. It's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. It's about the community gathered. It's about Mm -hmm. the word proclaimed. It's about all of these pieces. And when you think about what it is for a family meal, now, I obviously grew up in a different generation, but you sat down and and whether you wanted to or not, whether you felt like it or not, we told stories, what happened to our days. We got, you know, all sorts of information. We did that too. And how fortunate because... That then adds so much to the experience of Eucharist. If the only way we can define meal in some ways today is through it took two seconds longer than it should have, (laughs) let's say, is that that also has an effect then on, you know, the Eucharist. Um, I I sometimes compare this to... um, and you know, to sometimes when we're in a uh, we're in a, a fast food line, <clears throat> when we're coming forward and people take communion, and they say three, Father, <laughs> and you want to say, are you ordering a cheeseburger, fries, or number of marinara sauce? I know it's a practical thing, but sometimes we forget. We can forget what we're doing and why. And and we can end up treating, you know, uh, the, the body of Christ almost like we wrap up a hamburger in a, in a paper bag as opposed to taking steps to, let's say, having a, a PIX or a proper mm-hmm. container uh, or, you know, how we, how we, you know, take the Eucharist and, you know, we can put it in a PIX and throw it on the dresser and say, well, I don't need it until tomorrow. Time out. That's what we do to leftover gyro sandwiches like I did today. <laughs> you know, That's not what we do to the Eucharist. And we forget at times the sacredness, the sanctity. As much as sometimes, you know, I, I think back in, in, in my uh, days growing up, uh, as much as sometimes some of the stuff dro- drove me crazy, is that I, I miss... You know, that family meal. <laughs> I remember my mother, uh, after my dad died, um, and mom would come to stay with me sometimes. And and we were talking, and she still cooked like there were 10 of us. <laughs> there, that was mom. But I remember her say to me, saying to me, she said, you know what, Howard, I really dislike, this was shortly after dad died. I said, I really dislike eating alone. And <laughs> all I kind of said to her was, Welcome to my world. <laughs> and I understood what she was saying. Yeah. You know, she and dad always ate together. Um, she would still cook like there were nine people, but, you know, they always ate together. And when we came home, food was always one of those things that, you know, we would always maybe try to stay a little later and because, well, there's plenty here to eat. Mm-hmm. Of course, because she always had stuff she was going to make. That's, that's what Eucharist in so many ways can speak to us of the presence of not only the presence of Jesus, but what 
presence of other human beings means to us, of how we need that presence. And maybe if, if something that the pandemic has maybe taught us is that how much we need each other, that, that we can't stay isolated without having some negative effects. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that is, you know, eating together, whether that is a, uh, the Eucharist or I, I, we had a, um, a wedding a, a short time ago, uh, one of the first where, you know, some of the restrictions were a little bit looser. I tell you, that group, it, there was like a, you, there was palpable, <laughs> the, the energy level was palpable that they wanted almost like they could explode. They needed to celebrate something. And, and the, the raising of voices and laughter and, and, and such, and even the responses for the wedding and such, the, the applause, you know, it's like we have got to release this stress or this, this tension or we're going to explode. <laughs> and it was marvelous. I wished, in many ways, all my weddings could be that way. Because sometimes you wonder, you know, when you're at a wedding, well, who died? You know, because there is no expression virtually at all. Um, so it's, it's, you know, when we think about why and, and the effect of going to church can have on us, it, it, can, it can have a powerful, powerful effect. And there are times that, that I've invited folks to think about, thing, when you talk about church, you know, when you talk about going to church on Sunday, and, and what we say makes a difference. Do you talk about, well, we have to go to church before we can go on a picnic or whatever. Well, I have to go to church first. To be able to place it in, in words such as, I look forward to going to church and then I'll join you later. Or, wow, uh, you know, we're celebrating. How we talk about church makes a huge difference with our kids. I'm a firm believer that you don't wait until, you know, six, seven, eight years old before you bring kids to church. Is that you bring them right away. They, they'll fuss. Yeah, Every one of those parents that are around you have been there, done that, and they all say to themselves, thank God I'm not there anymore. Is that... And mostly no one really cares. No, it really do- they really don't. They really don't. What they There's enjoy- life in the church. Well, exactly. And what they care about is the fact that you're there. Mm-hmm. And they are glad to see you there when they watch you come in with a baby and then maybe two and then maybe three. And then you, you have their, you know, their two-year-olds and four-year-olds. And is that people are glad to see you at church. Mm-hmm. Is that, uh, you know, and, and the way, you know, we introduce them is you do so at the very beginning. This is part and parcel of our life. This is what we as a family do. And they might say, well, the neighbors don't. Yeah, I know that. But this is what we do. And We're we, not the neighbors. Yeah, and we get to have fun to be able to do this. We get to have fun to be able to, to go and meet Jesus. We have, you know, and, and if, if we speak of it positively, it's like, Helping a child learn how to read and enjoying books or learning how to enjoy math or learning how to enjoy all marvel. What do we do? We introduce them very early on. I have a, a nephew and his spouse. They introduced 
their child to all sorts of foods from the very moment he could start eating solid food. Well, today, that little guy is, what, three years old, (laughs) I think? Something like that? He's eating Mexican food and Thai food and and Greek food. The the little guy's got a greater palate than I do. (laughs) You know, but that's... If we... If we introduce our children to these things that are terribly important, why would we not introduce them to those same things when it comes to our faith? And yes, sometimes you can get a bad dish of Mexican food. It happens. But you don't stop eating Mexican food. Or it could be German cuisine. Or it could be... But you don't stop eating food. Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes... You're going to have a bad experience. Um, But you don't stop. I would say you don't stop coming to church. Because of the value that it can have and does have. Because of the difference that it can make in the quality of our lives. In the quality of our relationships. And as our relationship with our God continues to grow the relationships that we have with other people will also continue to grow. Yeah, I've always considered, well, going to church when I, you know, put it on for work, social media, all that stuff is like, come to our parish family dinner every week. Come on, you get to hear stories, you get to see family you don't see all the time, you get a meal. Like, really, if you put it in that frame, that's, what's the difference? It it is, I mean... You have to be quiet and sit a little longer, but, I mean, you know true but you know it's when you think about and you hear people speak about this about their christmas dinners about their thanksgiving dinners about their easter dinners about those sunday dinners that they went to grandma's house for and even sometimes when they didn't want to but they will speak about those experiences in terms of the sacred Mm -hmm. that those were special times and it's not because Every single opportunity was, you know, oh joy, oh joy. (laughs) It's because of what it brought to their lives, how it ritualized. You know, uh, it ritualized how, you know, crazy Uncle Joe was, you know, was part of that family and how, you know, we got someone locked up here and we got the rich person here. And but you know what? We were all family. Mm -hmm. We were family. And how the expectation of being able to know that you were welcome around those tables of how people will say to you, maybe not they wouldn't have then, but will say to you now, there was nothing less than the presence of God in those experiences. Nothing less. And I would have to say to them, you are exactly right because that's what ritual and sacred meal, that's what it does. And the church may be one experience of that, but that does not take away from the experiences that people have had and continue to have when you are able to gather with family and to share a meal, share stories, share laughs. Um, I was just up to my um, up to my sisters uh, a short time ago, and and all of us siblings were there. It was just so good, and we hadn't seen each other for a while because of COVID and all of that. But it was so good to tell jokes, to <laughs> laugh, to realize just 
how funny some of my siblings are. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that they are they are kind of some of that spark that is nothing less than the presence of God in our midst. Nothing less. And I would I hold to that no matter who, who would deny it. I nothing less than the presence of God in, in the midst of his people. And that's I believe in so many ways is that Eucharist can bring to us uh, on an individual and family basis. And, and part of us turning that around, because there are some serious questions of whether or not, <laughs> there are some serious questions as to whether or not the um, people will come back to church. And some will, but there are many that won't. And it's being able to, to help them maybe or to invite them and I think also, but it has a lot to do with how we speak about it. Well, you should go back to church, or you have to go back to church, or, well, you know, God will get you if you don't go. <laughs> and, and saying what we're doing is that we're pounding over the head, they're pounding over their, we're pounding them over the head with a hammer, and we're wondering why they're getting a headache and don't like it, as opposed to being able to, hey, would you like to come to church with me this weekend? Oh man, go out for breakfast. I'll buy. Yeah, or that's a good deal. Uh, Anyone should take up that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, those are the kinds of things. But those are the moments where, at times, you you simply open the door. Whether they walk in or not is up to them. But to drag them in is not is not going to do it. Mm-mm. But you open the door and you invite. We speak positively of the experience. And I believe you will have more people accepting some of those invitations because they are seeing that it's making a difference in your life. And nine times out of ten, they want some of that same kind of difference done in theirs. So there's lots of reasons why we, why we would want to go to church and why it's important and yes. getting away from we have to. Should. Or should. But want to. Yes. yes. Reframe, reframe it. Reframe it. Absolutely. That'll help. All right, lots of good information again, as always. So we're going to leave it there. We hope you enjoyed that, and we will see you next time.